We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now from Sooner Sports TV, here's Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald. Well, hi there, everyone, and welcome back inside another edition of Sooner Sports Podcast with Jess and Meg. I'm Jessica Cootie, and Meg McDonald, she is back in Norman, about to leave with Oklahoma women's basketball. I am currently in Pittsburgh with the men's basketball team, which, by the way, Meg, it just dawned on me that we did not ever change our name. We just kept it with what it was. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't even th- I haven't even thought about it since like the second week, to be completely honest. I know. We're, we've just been <laughs> it's working for we've us. We've been so worried about trying to make sure we just get it on the air that we've kind of forgot about having to uh, think about maybe we should look into getting a name. But uh, anyways, Jess and Meg works for me. It's easy to say. And if we changed it now, I probably forget it. Um, I've said it too many times. So, um, but yeah, so we're full force in March Madness right now. Basketball time is here. This is my absolutely my favorite time of the year. Uh, You know, spring breaks coming up. You see all these posts that people are headed to the beach or headed to the mountains to go skiing. My entire life with my family we go spring break. It's, it's a basketball court. So I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I'm, I'm sending my spring break, hopefully on a basketball court next week as well. So that's my destination for spring break. And Meg, I know you're super excited. This is going to be your first time traveling with the team covering March Madness with the, with the women's team. Yeah. So normally my spring breaks were spent in a chalky gym training, getting ready for big 12s. So this is the first time I'm not actually, actually like I get to go with a sport or a team, but I'm not, I don't have to really train. So this is exciting for me. I'm really excited 
to tra uh, travel with the women's basketball team. I've never traveled with them. So yeah, really, really excited to, to get on board with them. It's going to be a ton of fun. So with the men, um, they play coming up on Thursday, 12.15 here Eastern time in Pittsburgh, but 11.15 uh, back in Oklahoma. The women uh, coming up playing on Friday, I believe around 11 o'clock there uh, at Texas A&M. The men have got uh, Rhode Island. The women have, um, they have DePaul, which is a familiar opponent. And so we're going to kind of spend a little bit of time talking about both of these teams, but we've got some cool guests lined up for you today and uh meg's uh gonna bring you a women's basketball special guest i've got a men's basketball special guest and so um kind of a cool podcast today we're excited about and um for me on this end and this is one thing that i think has been really cool about this job with uh oklahoma and actually you know being embedded with a team is you get to know people's families you get to know you know, their spouses, you get to know their kids. And, um, you know, it's funny, yesterday we were up here during uh, the, the men's basketball practice and, and uh, Carlin Hartman's son, uh, Joseph, was up here. And I, I kind of tell the story here in a minute, so I apologize. But, you know, he's up here shooting. And so I think that's kind of cool, you know. So I was rebounding for him while he's up here shooting while the team's, you know, on the other end, you know, going oh. through their uh, their workouts. So you get to know you get to know family. So I think it's kind of cool when we kind of can showcase them a little bit, too, on this podcast. And um, so we've got Carlin Hartman, who is in his second season with Oklahoma men's basketball. His wife, Christine, was kind enough to join us. So uh, we're going to hear from her. I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy kind of thing to be a coach's wife. It's a whirlwind and a lot of emotions, I know, and uh, definitely not an, an easy thing, which she talks about as well. But we had some, when we first started this podcast, Meg, we had a lot of kind of suggestions to maybe get some coaches' wives on this thing. So we're actually going to get to do that today. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really curious to hear from some of the coaches' wives. I mean, you watch movies and TV shows, and a lot of that, they actually do talk about some of the coaches' wives, and it's so difficult when your husband or you are traveling too, and you're on the road every single week, and it's, it's a completely different mindset than just your normal day-to-day -day job. If you, have, if you work a 9-to-5 and you stay in the same place and I just, I am so excited to hear from her. I'm sure she's tough as nails. I feel like you kind of have to be to be married to a D1 basketball coach. Yeah, and you think about it, I mean, um, you know, you obviously are married to this person. They become, you know, you're so close with them. And then you think about going back to the selection shows, the selection Monday, the selection Sunday. And I mean, I myself was a nervous wreck. My heart was beating so fast <laughs> waiting for Oklahoma to pop up on the screen. I was nervous again all over again on Monday. And, you know, it's I mean, yes, I have. Did you like did you like the alphabetical order? You know, was it that was something you were funny. Into? Chris Plank asked me about that as well. And um, I didn't mind it. Um, I kind of liked knowing the field going into it. I thought that was kind of because, you know, I thought yeah. it was you know who the automatic qualifiers are. You know, you, you see it happen as the tournament kind of tournaments all wrap up. But I thought it was they, they released the automatic qualifiers. So I thought, you know, OK, there's that. And now let's go uh, to the at large bids. And so, um, you know, the way mm -hmm. that I didn't mind it, there was a huge uproar about it. A lot of people didn't like it. It didn't really bother me either way. Twitter, Twitter was not happening. There, and most people that were at the, you know, the media covering the event, um, they're inside the Lloyd Noble Center. They didn't like it either. So it was, um, 
Yeah, it was, I didn't mind it, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't like it. Um, But the thing is, is, is if, okay, so we knew who was in, in the first 10 minutes. I liked that part of it. I liked that we didn't have to sit there for 45 minutes waiting for Oklahoma to be revealed in a bracket. Like I, I, so I was okay with that. I liked that we knew. And then when they showed the first four in, you know, the last four or the first four, um, and Oklahoma wasn't in that. There was a, a almost as big of an uproar with the men's team as, uh, you know, excited just as much about that as getting in. So, um, you know, I thought it was, it didn't bother me either way. I don't get caught up on all of that, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. I was just glad that we knew that we were in within 10 minutes. So that was, that was certainly a positive for me. But yeah, I mean, either way though, you, leading up to that moment, you know, it's nerve wracking. And so I thought, it, you know, that's kind of how, how we start out. And with Coach Hartman, he's, uh, you know, had lots of success um, coaching, but he, this is, they haven't been to the tournament in a long time. And um, in fact, their son, Joseph, who I was talking about, wasn't even born the last time they were in an NCAA tournament. So I can only imagine, you know, the process of leading up to, kind of getting back to it when, when it's not something that you've been a part of consistently, you know, in, in the last few years, like, you know, coach Kruger. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a kind of a cool perspective. So we're going to go ahead and send it out. Uh, when I got to chat with Christine Hartman, wife of Carlin Hartman, Oklahoma men's basketball assistant coach and, and what this process is like as a coach's wife. So when we started this podcast, we got a lot of requests um, from people that were interested in maybe hearing a coach's wife's perspective. And I thought this would be perfect to uh, talk to Christine Hartman, who is the wife of Carlin Hartman, assistant coach for Oklahoma men's basketball, because, hey, we're in Pittsburgh. We're playing in the NCAA tournament. And I thought it'd be cool to kind of get your perspective on on all of this. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us. What has this whole experience been like for you? Well, it's been very exciting. So we actually have, as a family, have not been to the tournament since, I can't even remember the year now, but our girls were in elementary school and now they're all OU students. So that tells you how long it's been. So it's really exciting. We're so happy to be here. What was Selection Sunday like for you? I know there was a lot of anxiousness with this team, not knowing where or when or what or what was going to happen. What was it like for you? Well, I was pretty secure that we would actually get in. I was hoping we didn't have to do the play-in game. Um, So I wasn't really worried about actually making it in. It's nice that we have the awards day before we watch the Selection Sunday thing, so that kind of takes your mind off of it. But once the news came out, I was on my feet with fists in the air. I was so excited. And Joseph, your youngest, is here with you. He was at practice today. I got to tell a funny story. So he's shooting and, you know, shooting the lights out of the gym, makes like, you know, six in a row. I asked him, do you ever miss? And he said, no. Then he missed a couple. He's like, those are the first two I've ever missed in my life. So how special is it for him to get to experience this as well? He's super excited because, again, it was such a long time ago that we were in the tournament before. He wasn't born yet. And uh, so this is so exciting for him. And, of course, you know, his dad is the apple of his eye. So just seeing his dad succeed and, you know, ride the way with the Sooners is so exciting for him. So you guys are in your second season here at Oklahoma. What has it been like to be a part of uh, the Lon Kruger family style program that, that Oklahoma basketball is and has become known for? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, um, I can't say enough good things about all the other programs we've been in. You know, they've um, also been very family oriented, but working with Coach Kruger's a completely different level. I mean, he's just so mild-mannered and steady. That's that's how I always describe him when people ask me about him. He's just steady. 
He's the same all the time. And um, as a mom, that's hard to be when you're over you're in charge of a bunch of young minds. It's really hard to stay that way. And um, as a coach, probably even that much more harder. So I'm impressed every day. We love being here. And Joseph says Norman's the best city we ever lived. Oh, that's awesome. So were you a basketball player growing up? I was not. I ran track. You ran track. Yeah. Okay. So um, what what are you like up in the stands when you're kind of taking it all in? And I mean, there's been some barn burners here. What What's it kind of like for you to take in, take in the excitement of a basketball season? Uh, it's stressful. <laughs> I try to keep my wits about me during every play. Um, you know, of course, all of our kids were athletes, and I was the loud mom in the stands. I'm not negative. I do try to stay on the positive side, but I am still very loud. I try to back it off a little bit since I sit so close to the bench during home games. I don't want to be a distraction to anyone, and I don't want to be that coach's wife. Um, but it's fun. You know, I just I love athletics. Our livelihood is athletics. Our family values are built around the way athletics values are. And so it means a lot. Plus you get to know these players so well and you know how hard the coaches work, how hard they work and that they're young growing into young adults. And I'm so invested. And so it's stressful, but I love every minute of it. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because, you know, throughout the years of covering, you know, the Sooner team's you hear that a lot from the wives and, and the, the coaches, how big of a role their wives play in recruiting, getting people to come here, making them feel a part of the family. But then also like the role that you play, like you said, a lot of these guys are way far away from home and you guys kind of become their second moms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just I went to practice the practice before senior day and I stopped Kadeem and I just said, you know, you haven't known me that long, but, you know, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Make this your best night ever. So no matter how long we, you know, you've been with a team, you just are so invested. And you're right. I meet the moms when they come in for recruiting. You know, I try to assure them that, you know, they're going to make sure that these boys keep good heads on their shoulders. And, you know, someone will be there to shake their finger at them when they need to. <laughs> and every now and then. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm a mom. And if somebody tells me that they're going to take care of my kid and, uh, I expect them to do it. So, you know, we try to do our best without crossing, you know, any boundaries. Yeah. And, uh, but with this group, it's very easy, you know, they're, so. They're so respectful. Like, I cannot stress that enough when people ask me about it. They thank you when you come to practice. Like, I'm rooming with, uh, you know, the, the student trainer and they came in to get their their feet taped and every one of them. Thank you so much. Like it's, it's amazing how, how unbelievable respectful that they are. And I think people maybe don't get that a lot if you're not around, around these guys. So you were talking about, you were track and field athlete. How did you, did you always know basketball? Did you follow it? Did you have to learn it once you became a coach's wife? No, I actually just enjoyed sports in general. And so I followed a lot of sports. I used to know football, basketball, volleyball, of course, track and field. Once I started having kids, I, my priorities changed a little bit, and I wasn't so far into it. And so now I mainly follow um, basketball, but I've always loved it. How do you balance? Because it's a grind, and it's demanding in a season, and you have four kids. And how do you balance you know, being there and being a wife and then being a mom a lot of times at night by yourself? Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> So I always, a lot of times tell people this life is not as glamorous as it may seem, 
But because it's Carlin's passion, then I have no problem with the sacrifices. Um, Outside of him loving his job, which a lot of people aren't able to love their job, uh, our kids get so much value out of it. So our kids are athletes. They enjoy the sport. They've grown up on a college campus. Um, so it's it's an automatic next step. It's not something that, you know, where some parents might have to prepare their kids for college and, you know, make sure they know that's the next step. Our kids just know that's what happens in life. And then they know how you go on from there. They've grown up around, you know, on university campuses. So it's great. So you mentioned, of course, the programs that you were at before and, and how grateful you are for those. Coach Hartman's coached a lot of great players throughout his career. Is there one player in particular that might have impacted you in a way that maybe that kind of will stick with you for the rest of your life? I can't really name one player, but each year sometimes there is a player that, you know, just kind of uh, stands out to you a little bit more. And, you know, with each program, you find somebody new who touches your heart. And, but the biggest thing is like, as you know, as the years go on, like now we see players that are now getting married, they're having their own families and um, just seeing them happy and successful. That's touching each time I see that. Um, We just had a player that um, Carlin coached several years ago, who's trying to get into coaching and he sought out Carlin and came to visit for a little while. And, um, it's just nice to see them like grow up, be happy, be successful. And that's very touching, but um, every program brings somebody new, I guess. So you're, you, you talked about how this is the first tournament appearance for you guys in a while. How proud does it make you as a wife, all the work that they put in to see it pay off, to see that name come up on the screen and for them to be playing here this week. Yeah. So proud. I mean, almost could bring tears to your eyes. It sounds a little corny, but I mean, the amount of work that these coaches and the staff, everybody behind the scenes, the players, you know, all the work that they put into this, it is so grueling. I mean, just imagine, you know, being a student athlete, having to keep up with so much in the public eye, you know, thank God when I was in college, there wasn't so much social media and all of that. Um, I always say that, uh, you know, God takes a special care of children and fools and I was probably both at the same time (laughs) so you know for these guys and you know to do that in such a public light and for the coaches to work so hard and it pay off like this it's touching I mean it's great Christine Hartman we appreciate your time Uh, excited to get to talk to you and then we look forward to hopefully being here all week with you guys in Pittsburgh yeah thank you Really cool stuff from Christine Hartman. I was really excited to hear her perspective of being the wife of Coach Carlin Hartman. That's really awesome. So Jess, but switching gears a little bit, what has the vibe been like in Pittsburgh with this Oklahoma men's basketball team? You know, um, it's it's funny because I've been asked a lot about kind of how this team, are they relieved? What's kind of the deal? Because, you know, they didn't close the season like they would have, you know, hoped to have there in February. But it's almost like, um, you know, with the with, there's quite a few guys that were part of that team that went on the final four run that were at least, you know, um, either played or were a member. You look at K- Kadeem Latin was a starter. Christian James is a sixth man. Um, you know, Jamani McNeese also played significant 
significant minutes. Matt Freeman was uh, redshirting that year. So there's quite a few guys on this team that have that play significant roles that know what it's like and, and have been a part of a run here in March. And then you've got a lot of guys like Trey Young and Brady Manick and, uh, you know, guys like that. Ty Lazenby and that have never been Cam McGusty, Christian Doolittle, like the soft, the freshmen from last year that are sophomores this year. I've never been a part of this experience. And so it's kind of a, kind of a unique, different dynamic between those two groups, because um, with the older guys that have been here, it's almost like, um, you know, it's, it's like, it's, they remember the magnitude of the situation that they're in and, and, you know, they're embracing it and, and kind of relieved to be back. And then, um, and, you know, again, just just realizing that the opportunity that they have and, and kind of recalling on on once you get here, anything can happen. And, and you know, it's a clean slate and a new season. And I think for the younger guys, it's um, it's just a little bit surreal because you grow up wanting to play in this tournament. And so like yesterday, I talked to Brady Manick and he said, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because last year I was sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, with the six <laughs> TVs watching as many games as I could. And now here I am. I'm going to be playing in one of them. So, you I know, I that. think that's that's kind of the cool, the different kind of dynamics between the guys that have been here and the guys that I haven't, which which it's crazy with this team that there are so many that, you know, have have both. You know, it's about almost 50 50 if you look at it. So, um, yeah, it's it's a cool feeling. It They definitely seem to to be taking on the mentality of it's a new season. Uh, definitely want to get back to, I've heard them say a lot about getting back to how they played at the beginning of the season. And so, um, you know, I think, I think they've maybe put started maybe towards the, you know, once things they were in the top of the rankings and things were going so well, maybe they put a little bit of pressure on themselves. Maybe we're playing a little tight in some games. And so it seems like they've been looser. Uh, they seem to have had some really energetic practices. Uh, they seem, really to be embracing this moment. So, um, you know, we'll see A lot of people have asked me about the matchup with Rhode Island, but I think for this team, it's more about what getting back to what they do best. And it's, it's more about them than maybe it is Rhode Island. Certainly they're not taking them lightly and, you know, they're scouting them and and doing everything that they normally do and, and watching film and, and, you know, scouting for Rhode Island. But I think they feel like if, if they do what they do best, then, that's that's when they're going to be successful. So it's more so getting back to what works for them, and um, you know, making shots is certainly a huge key for this team. And and I think if they don't, um, you know, if if things aren't falling right away at the beginning of the game, they can't let that affect the rest of the game. They've got to mm-hmm. keep going if shots aren't immediately falling. But um, you know, certainly they like to get out to a fast start, and that's what you hope for. But um, if it doesn't, they've got to continue to to keep shooting the ball, and not getting down, and let that affect um, you know the remainder of the game. But like the feel of this team, I, I, I feel like they're, um, you know, going to be ready to go come tomorrow. And uh, they've, they've certainly handled everything well. It's, it's kind of a, a circus, as you'll find out, Meg, um, come uh, tonight. You guys head out. Uh, you're going to be heading out Wednesday evening if you're listening to this later on. And, uh, again, there's, there's lots of obligations that go into a team playing in the tournament. They've got press obligations, and then you've got, um, you know, open shoot-arounds and, and practices at other gyms. And then you've, you know, you've still got to maintain um, – your preparations for a basketball game. So it's kind of wild and certainly a person that knows quite a few, um, quite a bit about preparing for an NCAA tournament is Sherry Cole, who is uh, making her 19th straight appearance with the Oklahoma women's basketball program. I mean, that is just remarkable. I mean, when you think about, you know, all the things that could go wrong this year included, you know, you have such a small roster and you know, it, 
they this team could have very easily, um, you know, quit or not turn things around back when, you know, again, they weren't playing their best back in January, and then they certainly turned it on at the end. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's remarkable to sit when you sit 19 straight years. You know, it's it's longer than Ana Yunusa has been alive, you know. She, so, oh, you know, gosh. her freshmen, her freshmen were not even born when Sherry Cole made her, made the first appearance of this now very impressive streak. So it's, um, they they'll be prepared as well. And I know you're looking forward to getting to travel with them and, um, face to Paul for a, a second time around this season. Yeah. And I had the chance to catch up with Maddie Manning, who is, I mean, Sherry Cole has been to 19 straight tournaments, Jess, but Maddie Manning has been to six. So that alone, right. a very impressive statistic for her. But she actually told me that, I mean, you'll hear it a little bit in the interview that they didn't let up at all this past week when they were on the bubble and they didn't know if they were in or out. Uh, Maddie actually said this has been like the hardest week of practices and they're preparing for DePaul who shoot, who shot 45 threes last time they saw them in November. So one of the things they're guarding, they're guarding the three point line. They're working their butts off. They're doing sprints at practices. Maddie Manning is just fantastic. I think I did ask her about kind of, if there was a shift in mentality when, you know, it was such a hard non-conference schedule. It was so difficult. Number two in the nation. And then Big 12 is never easy. You have Texas and Baylor, and some of those teams are really, really good teams, and you do a home schedule and an away schedule. It's a, it's going to be difficult. So kind of talked about if there's a shift in mentality down the stretch, especially her in her sixth season when this is crunch time. I mean, they're on the bubble. They have to turn it on. So. Really, really excited for Maddie Manning. And we did. We even talked about some of the influential women in her life and how she's grown in the past six years. It's pre- some pretty good stuff from her. Really excited to have Maddie Manning on the podcast. Her debut on the pod. It's been a long time coming for the graduate senior guard of the Oklahoma women's basketball team. Maddie, we'll start off with you're in the tournament. <laughs> yes, we made it. <laughs> what were the 24 hours, the 48 hours leading up to Monday like? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know that I've ever been more nervous or anxious for something in my life, to be honest. Um, it's just so hard when you leave it up into somebody else's hands, you leave the decisions in somebody else's hands. Um, even when you're confident with your resume, I mean, it was not our decision at the end. And um, I was just sick to my stomach those two weeks. So when the selection committee came out with the eight teams for four spots, I don't think I've ever seen that before on Sunday. Did that mess up the psyche or did that help you guys maybe gain some confidence in getting in? I think just seeing your name in the eight teams, I mean, you know what we kept saying, there's a 50-50 chance. I mean, four of the eight teams are going. Um, You have a chance to look at those teams and kind of compare numbers, but then also, when they released it, they had said that we beat Texas A&M, and we've never even played Texas A&M this this year. So, um, I did I th- not catch that. <laughs> yeah, I think that when they, once they said that, um, we all kind of were less confident in it. Wow, that's really interesting. So, how much do you pay attention to that noise? Um, I try not to, uh, but when when they're giving you little bits of information, when you have no idea what people are talking about, uh, you kind you definitely tune in then. Um, if it's a different situation, I definitely don't listen to any outside noise and we really keep it in the inside. So how important was it last week and maybe leading up to Monday to really keep that mentality as we're going, you know, in practice and team workouts, whatever it is that we are going? I think that's the biggest thing. And a lot of teams that are on the bubble don't do that. They don't have the ability to do that. I mean, 
it's tough because our practices were probably the hardest practices we've had all year, maybe some of the hardest practices I've had my whole career. And you're doing it and not even sure if you're getting in the NCAA tournament. So it's definitely tough to put yourself in that space. But um, it's also you want to be ready when the, when your name is called. So it was worth it. So what kind of things were you know, the coaching staff making you guys do to make it some of the hardest practices you've ever had? There was just um, no room for a couple of things. We said that we were going to get better at rebounding and we were going to get better at closeouts. Um, that's what That was what going to help us in the tournament if we do make it. So um, anytime that you didn't do the, your job on rebounding or your job on closing out, then you had sprints at the end of practice. And um, it was a lot of up and down play. There wasn't a whole lot of drills in it. So um, we were definitely going at it. We were competing with each other the whole time. So this team had the second toughest schedule in the nation. You faced UConn, Oregon, DePaul, who you will be playing this week, and South Dakota State. How does that prepare you for the NCAA tournament? Oh, my goodness. I think that's, that's everything. I mean, we've seen every type of play there is out there, and um, obviously the best of the best um, in, in the rankings terms. And then I think our, our conference, I mean, people don't talk about it very much, but we play a home-and-home schedule, and, um, you know, that's tough when you're, you're going to all these places to play. Um, not only one time, but then you see them twice. So um, I don't know that our conference got enough credit this year, and it's definitely difficult. Well, speaking of the Big 12, you guys finished down the stretch winning four out of the last five in the regular season. So how much is it an emphasis that you hit the reset button now, or do you kind of just keep doing what you're doing? Um, I'd say in a way it's definitely a reset button because we have had these two weeks, and um, you know we've kind of approached the game a little different in those two weeks, but um, as far as your mentality goes, the, what our mentality is what got us those four wins or those that winning streak that we went on. Um, it was really a mentality of getting better um, every single day and even in the games, getting better every single quarter. So um, I think that allows you to play free in a high-stress situation. And, um, you know, that's what the NCAA tournament is too. If you lose a game, you're done. So, How are you guys able to maintain that mentality down the stretch when you've had such a hard non-conference schedule mm-hmm. and the Big 12 schedule wasn't easy and you still really played in your bubble down that stretch. Yeah, I think it's just, it just complete buy-in. I mean, us seniors, me and Vivi specifically, had to talk about it, how we wanted the season to end. And, um, you know, once once we get on the same page, and that's what the coaches have really been about all year is learning. And once we get on the same page and everybody completely bought into it, um, it's easy to stay in your bubble and not listen to too much outside noise. So in your career, you've played DePaul twice. I believe it's like a total of 400 points have been scored in the two matchups. So what do you think of this matchup this week? Um, Obviously, we're going to try to defend them. Uh, They put up a lot of points, and luckily in the past, we've scored with them. Um, They've had a couple more points at the end of the games the two times I played them in my career. Um, both have been like record setting games. So it's going to, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be an entertaining game for women's basketball for sure. Um, but I hope we can defend a little better and hold them under their average. <laughs> so why do you think these games are, have been so high scoring? Just the way DePaul plays, that's how they play. If you look at all their games, they're all so high scoring. Um, uh, that's, that's their coach's style. They shot 45 threes last time we played it's them. Insane. They, yeah. Insane. <laughs> like absolutely insane. They, they average 12 threes a game. Um, so anytime you're doing that, your numbers are going to be way high. And they, they're hard to guard. They know they want the three, and they, their coach does a good job of getting them looks at it. So knowing these numbers, how do you really prepare for them throwing up 45 threes? I think that, yeah, that's the thing we're doing is closeouts. Um, you have to go back to little fundamentals to, and really guard the three-point line. I mean, if you give up a two, you give up a two, but um, you don't want them to get one off of the three-point line because once they get going, then it could be 11 and a half like it was the first time. 
So what has the message been from Coach Cole last week when you guys didn't know you were in and then this week when you are in? What's been the difference? It's actually been a lot of the same, to be honest. Um, she was really confident in our resume. Um, so we prepared as if we were in the tournament. And she coached us as if we were in the tournament. Um, obviously, she stuck down on those two specific things that I said. And, you know, that's the same this week. We, now that we're in the tournament, we haven't taken it light, um, lighter than we had when we weren't really sure. Uh, we went just as hard as it yesterday. And, um, I mean, I think that's what the great teams are doing right now is they're, they're taking up a notch in the, for the tournament time. How important is your role right now? Because, I mean, this is your last NCAA tournament. It, you're done after this. So has your role changed at all? Have you, has your mentality changed at all this next week? Absolutely. I think just the, um, more of an urgency and more of um, just trying to enjoy the moment more than anything. And, you know, I know every time I put on that jersey that the, the next game isn't guaranteed. So trying not to waste any moment um, when I'm on the court for sure. It's definitely a lot different than last year. I was kind of a senior too, but I didn't quite feel the same feeling that I do now. So six NCAA appearances for you. What has this journey, this entire journey been like? Oh my goodness. It's been crazy. I mean, every single year the NCAA tournament has been different. Um, you know, this year might have been the most uh, exciting and rewarding when we heard our name called because the emotion that came out was just so pure. Um, it was, I mean, it was just, I hadn't had a celebration like that. Um, you could tell that it's something that we all really wanted to be in. I did see that uh, when you guys got in and Jilly just straight up screaming. <laughs> like, who, who, I know you guys were all super excited, but who was like really, really the most excited? Oh my goodness. I don't know if I can pick out, like, I heard noises that I People have never People were falling down, heard, getting yes. back up. Like, I heard screams that I've never heard come from people in my life. <laughs> we just lost our minds. Gabby was crying, and Gabby doesn't really cry ever. I don't think I've ever seen Gabby get emotional. Yeah, she had, she had happy tears, said it's the first time ever in her life. So, <laughs> if that tells you anything. So, switching gears a little bit, because what Jess and I are doing, we're kind of doing this podcast that's empowering women and talking to women who are have done really well with o, OU Athletics and seeing what they can bring to the table. So who have been some of the most influential women in your life? Oh my goodness, in my life or just OU? We'll start with in your life and okay. then we'll go to OU. Okay, in my life, I mean, I've been blessed with a lot of uh, women to look up to. I definitely say uh, my mom and my grandparents, for sure. Um, you know, they've always done everything for us kids and, um, you know, the way they live a life is to to make other people's lives better. That's, that's their goal. Um, and you know, that even includes my aunts. Um, just everybody just showing me what a woman is and, uh, helping me become one like them. Okay. And then you got to Oklahoma who have been some of the most influential women in Norman. Um, oh my goodness. There's a lot there too. I think, I mean, I think I could go through just about everybody I've met here. That is a woman. Uh, you know, I can't say it. I can't lead off without saying coach Cole or, you know, the women coaches here, they've, um, they really take their time out to not only teach us about, um, you know, being a woman and, and being a woman in the workforce and, you know, out in the world, but um, they really care about that off the basketball court. And then, you know, there's people like when I was a freshman, uh, Whitney Hand was my senior and, um, you know, just those, those people that have took the time out to lead you. And um, so they're definitely those people. In what ways have you, do you feel like you've grown the most since stepping onto campus <laughs> way back when oh goodness I think everybody will laugh at that question <laughs> if you ask about me um I came in as a super stubborn uh kid that just 
wanted to win everything. It didn't matter what. I just wanted to win. I didn't care how I won. Um, but I've kind of learned, um, you know, I still want to win everything, but there's, there's more to it. There's more of a process. And, you know, that's kind of that learning thing that taking every day to learn more than uh, just to win it and grow. Um, so that's kind of the thing that this year has developed into for me. Um, I'd say that's probably the biggest area I've grown. Well, I sure hope you take that mentality into this, <laughs> this tournament. Yeah. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on. I know it was kind of short notice, but this was fun. Thanks. Yes, thank thanks you a lot. so much. Really appreciate Maddie Manning taking some time out of her busy day. We do head out in a couple hours and caught her right after she had some treatments and then they practice in the next hour or so. So appreciate her setting, sitting down with me, taking out some time of her day. I know, Jess, I'm really excited when I was really excited when they had this DePaul matchup when it was first announced. So I want to know your thoughts on this matchup. You know, who's probably not excited about this matchup is DePaul. Um, you know, because again, this is a game that was in overtime. They won on a last second shot back in November and no, and not, not, not taking anything away from DePaul. They certainly are a great basketball team, but, um, you know, the, 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 that was such a close matchup, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, then they're so familiar with each other. And then the way that Oklahoma put it together at the end, you know, I, I, I don't know if any team wants to play Oklahoma at this point, you know, they can cause some matchup nightmares, for some teams. So yeah, if you go back to that, that game that was in November, you know, I think it was the second or third game of the season. It was their first road game, I believe of the season. And, um, Shayna Pellington, who is the big 12 freshman of the year was not in the starting lineup and neither was Ana Yanusa. Um, and you know, that team grew significantly on the defensive end from that time. Like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, guarding the three point line and the 45 threes, they did not play good defense in that game. And I think that was, you know, later on in the season became one of this team's strong points. Uh, you know, especially the last few games, Gabby Ortiz didn't shoot the ball well. And, you know, that's somebody that they've relied on to carry a big load of the offensive production. And she didn't shoot the ball well down the stretch, and yet they still found way to, ways to win games. And it was because of their effort on the defensive end. So I think that that's one of the biggest things for me looking at this matchup is how much better Oklahoma is on the defensive end. And then second of all, uh, you know, just the way that this team has grown. I mean, it is so hard as a freshman, you know, to come in and, and um, you know, expect to do all the things that you're expected to do. And so Shana and Anna were completely different players in that game. than they were. And Shana had a big game that game. But, uh, you know, the way that they've grown leaps and bounds since that game to what they are now um, I think it's they're looking at basically preparing for two completely different players than than what they saw in that game, and um, so I think the way that this team has grown and come together and gelled, and the way that they they finished out and found you know found a, another level, and you, you know you mentioned um, that this has been the the very tough week. I think that was huge for this team. You know they got a little bit of time. I, I thought it, the perfect it worked out perfectly the way that Big Twelve um, you know was pushed, moved up a week. So they kind of got a little bit of time, got their legs underneath them because it was a grueling season for a short bench. And, but you know, then they got back to it this week. They've had some very, very, very hard practices. And so I think they're going to be ready to roll. I think this is a team that is poised to, you know, I mean, you want to talk about knowing what to do in these moments. I mean, you've got three of them that have been um, huge roles on this team since day one. And so, they, they, they know what to do, and, and not to mention, 
you know, if you ask the coaching staff about this turnaround of this team and, and what kind of changed, what flipped, and, and you talked about Maddie, you know, never giving up. It was a senior class. They'll, you ask the coaching staff, they'll say that the senior class kind of had a wake-up call. They took matters into their own hands, and then everybody else kind of followed suit. Uh, you know, the Jilly Penzos and the EJs and, and you know, the freshmen all took their lead, and, and they bought in as well. And so this senior class is, is as experienced as they've come. They've played enough games together, and they have – found another level and they know what to do. Um, and so I'm, I feel very, very good about, you know, this, this matchup and for them and, and I'm excited. I'm so glad that they got in. That's for sure. And I actually talked to Jaleesa Penzo somewhere in the middle of the season when she was starting to get her starts. And I asked her, is this something you would have expected? And she really just answered in the sense that she's just playing her role and she's kind of figured out what that role is when you have a short bench Everyone has to play their role. And she was over there slapping the floor on defense, diving after, you know, loose balls, taking charges, and that fires the team up in itself. So I, I love the team's, this team's heart. I love their drive, their workhorses. Jess, if you were at practice yesterday, it was they were putting in the work. There was no let up. Every possession was, I mean, 100%. I cannot wait. And I think... So if they beat DePaul, and I'm a little superstitious in the sense that like, I'll probably knock on wood right now, but <laughs> they could potentially have a four-seed Texas A&M, which in my opinion, I think they're beatable too. So I am really excited for this week. I think this team is in the right mindset right now. It's gonna be It's going to be a really fun week. Look, it's the message that every team that's in this field, whether it's men's or women's, wherever you play – you get in and anything can happen. You see it every year. The upsets, the, um, the, the matchups that you think are a certain going to go one way and then they don't go that way. So you're in. You, you've got um, people in the places with both these teams that certainly know how to win this time of year. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just giddy, if you can't tell by listening to me ramble the last 20 minutes. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's going to be on the men's side here in Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, Rhode Island coming up um, on Thursday. And as long as they're winning, we're going to be here with them. We've already put out some some content on Soonersports.com, Soonersports.tv, across our digital media platforms. Follow OU Men's Basketball, and we'll continue to be putting that content out all week. Hopefully I'm here um, for a few more days. And then, um, Meg, you'll be doing the same thing. You'll start your coverage coming up uh, this evening, I'm sure, and, and you'll have uh, great content as well. So follow OU Men's Basketball. So everything that you need to know, you're gonna not going to find it anywhere else, and certainly not better than uh, what you're going to find on Soonersports.com and Soonersports.tv when you're talking the Sooners and March Madness. So make sure you follow us um, and, and uh, check us out. We're uh, certainly excited to have to be able to be with both these teams and thankful they're, they're letting us come along. So uh, we thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you're excited and enjoying March Madness. Hope your bracket works out. I did not fill one out this year. I, you know, not really allowed to, so that's okay. But uh, good luck on all your brackets. <laughs> And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Special guest, Meg. Yes, we next week. Oh, my gosh. I think, I mean, it's Jess's best friend, so she's a little biased. But, so so but we'll just leave it there. Tune in. We're, we're just going to leave you a, with a huge teaser of uh, make sure you tune in for next week's guest. We're excited. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to you next Wednesday for Meg McDonald. I'm Jessica Cootie. Bye. 
This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.